What's going on, everybody? My name's RJ Kayser, and this is another episode of the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration for finding your flow. In this podcast today, we are going to be talking about Flow, the book itself, by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And he is the researcher that coined the term flow and started the whole process of studying this this state and the psychology behind it. So the book Flow is um, basically an expansion and a layman's term version of all the research that Csikszentmihalyi has done on studying the flow state and so it makes it very readable for anybody that wants to learn more about flow, how to find your flow, and how to basically get more enjoyment out of life is the subtitle um, and basically the thesis of the book. So flow, the book, is based around the idea that peak enjoyment of life comes from working towards bigger goals and more meaning. So not just giving into your base instincts and instant gratification all the time. There's a lot more enjoyment and satisfaction that comes from life when you are seeking uh, bigger goals and moving towards something more than just satisfying, you know, your your base instincts on a day-to-day basis, as we'll get into more with this book. So the book's basically broken down into starting out by talking about um, the elements of enjoyment and going through sort of what is the flow state um, and a bit of the science behind it and focuses a lot in the beginning part of the book on athletics and also on extreme sports because it's just it's sort of the low-hanging fruit as far as it goes for studying flow, although it by no means necessary is that the only sort of activities that, that are flow-producing. So after that, uh, the book gets very interesting into the different types of flow and all the different ways that you can generate a flow state in your life. Um, so you don't have to be a professional athlete to really reap the benefits of flow. But to start off, let's go through the basically what Csikszentmihalyi breaks down as the different elements of the flow state and how you can um, start to generate more flow in your own life. So in the section of the book called The Elements of Enjoyment is where he really gets into what flow is um, and the different aspects of the flow state. And one of the key parts to flow is the requirements of challenge and skill in whatever activity you're engaging in. And there's a diagram in the book that shows that flow really exists along this line between the boundary of anxiety and boredom. So if you are either overstimulated or understimulated, you're not going to be in the correct position and uh, mind state for generating flow. 
and so it's it's really that fine line balance between something that you are really skilled at and able to do basically um, as as like a boring routine task but on the opposite side of that if you are not skilled at something or you don't have enough experience with it you are going to be in a state of anxiety which is also not going to be conducive to flow so that is where challenge and skill kind of intersect as one of the key foundations for flow and some of the requirements to generate a flow state. Another one is the loss of self-consciousness. So with flow, a lot of people who are, whether they're athletes or artists or anybody else that is reaching a flow state on a regular basis, they will find that because they've got that let that level of experience with whatever they are doing, they kind of have this loss of self-consciousness where they don't really, they're not really consciously aware of what they're doing, their performance. They are just kind of, that's, that's part of, they're going with the flow, which is why in part of the reason why it's called the flow state in the first place. And the transformation of time is another one that sort of goes in with alongside the self-consciousness, lack of self-consciousness, the transformation of time. So a lot of people in a flow state will either find that time speeds up or slows down. It's just, it's not ticking away at that normal um, second by second feeling that we, we get if, you know, we're, we're watching the clock and counting down the time to the end of the day, that sort of thing. With, with being in flow, you'll find that time either speeds up or slows down. Um, usually if it's something like an, an, an artist or somebody that's involved in a creative aspect, um, time speeds up so you know you don't really realize how much time is passing by because you're so engaged in the moment. Whereas on the other side of things, for example, um, a lot of athletes will report time slowing down and they can kind of make those split, split second decisions a lot quicker. And, um, and it just feels like everybody else around them is moving in slow motion while they're able to just act on their instincts and, and really engage in performing at like a world-class level. Um, and then the next, the next element of, of the flow state is goals and feedback. So, um, Csikszentmihalyi says that a lot of people will just go through the motions and not get better at whatever it is, even though they've put in a lot of, a lot of time into their sport or activity. Um, but without goals and feedback, they don't really have a sense that they are progressing at all and they don't really know how much they're progressing because they're not keeping track of it so a lot of professional athletes that make it to the top level they've got some sort of coach or mentor that's guiding them along the way providing that feedback and whether it's internal goals that they've set themselves or somebody else is creating goals for them they that's really another component of flow that really doesn't get tapped into until you are actually engaging in that and and um 
making use of setting setting tangible goals that you can reach and that sort of stretch your abilities over time. And then the final element of enjoyment in the book um, is the paradox of control. So the paradox of control really refers to the idea that um, I like to refer to the flow state a lot as the sense of effortless effort because you've got this, this this paradox of control that's in there where you are actually fully in control of everything you're doing but you can kind of let your mind relax and just be involved in the moment it ties in a lot to the self-consciousness and the loss of self-consciousness aspect in that even though you um you don't really have to make the conscious decisions to control your next movements because it's so ingrained in the skill level that you've achieved over time that you are able to just make those decisions without have, having to think through them. And they end up being, um, more often than not, if you're really in a flow state, they're going to be the right choices and the right decisions, but you don't really feel like you've had to... Um, do much to to achieve that so then the next thing that um, really ties into the flow state is referred to um, as the autotelic experience so this is doing something for the sake of enjoyment and not just some expected reward so that's where a lot of people um, that are seeking the seeking more enjoyment in life and seeking this flow state of really making every moment count in whatever activity they're partaking in don't really um not everybody gets to the point of flow because they're trying to go for some external goal rather than finding the enjoyment in the activity itself and this is something that comes up a lot in the book in many different sections is you can't just always look towards the future in in whatever performance you're doing and try to get something out of it you've got to learn how to enjoy the process itself it's kind of it ties a lot into the whole idea of the journey before destination in whatever you're doing in life so if you've got a long-term goal which is fine because it pushes you towards something greater and more meaning but you also have to learn to enjoy every moment along the way and not just uh always think anxiously towards the future and whatever you're you're going after so um this kind of ties into the key to flow activities lies in growth of the self and so it's referred to not only by Csikszentmihalyi but also by others like Anders Ericsson who studied who sort of originated the studies on mastery um, which was more more well popularized by Malcolm Gladwell in and his uh, 10,000 hour rule um, is this idea of deliberate practice. So I've been thinking a lot on deliberate practice lately because it really ties into um, not only just the flow state, but how people actually become true masters and not just skilled at something over time. So the idea of deliberate practice is that you've got to constantly push yourself and you can't just go through the motions and then at the end of the day you've punched the clock and 
you're another X number of hours towards your 10,000 hours of becoming a master. It's actually a lot more um, intense, both physically and mentally than that, in order to get better at whatever you do. So um, a lot of the research that goes into this has been on athletes because it's, once again, it's very easy to see the progress when it's physical, but also, you know, people like musicians who are on their way to becoming masters. And I believe one of the best studies on this was with um, children and, and adolescents that were going through as violinists and the ones who deliberately practiced and tried to push their skill level each time made leaps and bounds of performance improvements compared to those who only, um, you know, just punched the clock and did the practice that they were told to and went on with their day after that and didn't really um, necessarily seek to get better. They were just doing it because they had to. It was part of their homework or part of what they were told to do by their parents. So this is something that goes into... um, yeah, one of the one of the keys to flow activities and that deliberate practice idea. Um, and once again, that lies in the boundary between anxiety and boredom. So if you're just punching the clock and you're just going through the routine, um, even for example, with with weight training, you see a lot of people that do the same reps and sets every single week, year after year. And they're nowhere different after 10 years of lifting weights. They're still doing the same weight. They still look the same. Um, they've made no noticeable progress, even though they've put in all those hours in the gym. Whereas others seem to make progress week after week um, because they're always constantly pushing that, that edge between not just anxiety, but also when it's something physical, you're pushing that edge of what your body is capable of versus just the routine of what your body's already well adapted to. And so that's um, another part of like this, this boundary between challenge and skill or anxiety and boredom that lies with flow and deliberate practice. So then after the book kind of goes through the different elements of flow and in the different sort of activities that sort of emphasize these different parts of the flow state, uh, Csikszentmihalyi starts to talk about the different um, areas in the world and, and what we see flow sort of being represented in and how we can kind of learn from this to achieve more flow in our own lives. And the first thing he goes into is with regards to flow and culture and by culture he's meaning sort of what the world today looks like and um, kind of gets into the idea that we may be experiencing in some parts of our life a lot of a lot less flow than we would have in past generations and so he calls it the ironic paradox of our time and culture which is that the available the availability of leisure fails to be translated into enjoyment. And what he's talking about here is that we've got a lot of access to instant gratification and um, 
we don't have to work very hard to get um, our, our leisure sort of time anymore because it's instantly available through our smartphones, through TV and everything else. And we don't have to go out and necessarily work deliberately at getting better at a hobby um, because everything else is so instantly available. But the downside to this is that those activities that are so um, immediately gratifying do not end up equaling out to being as enjoyable over the long term because there's no element of of flow really in any of those things so the next section is about the body in flow and this is where he really touches back on why those those time wasters in in our world do not end up equaling out to enjoyment and and a flow state and creating more meaning in our lives and what he says is when we are unhappy depressed or bored we have an easy remedy at hand which is to use the body for all it's worth but so many of us don't go that way when we get off work or when we're looking for leisure time we're not really putting our bodies into it when you're sitting on the couch or lying down and watching tv your body and your mind are both totally out of out of the picture and you're not really getting anything out of it and um you don't necessarily have to be an expert or that good at whatever activity you're doing in order to get the enjoyment out of it and so the author says again the joy of surpassing the limits of the body is open to all enjoyment does not depend on what you do but rather on how you do it so once again that ties into the idea of deliberate practice and and setting clear goals for yourself and whether you're getting feedback for yourself or somebody else providing feedback you're really pushing yourself to to create a new challenge each time and not just go through the motions of something routine and and it's not always it doesn't always have to be the case that you're going to push yourself to the absolute limit each and every time there's a lot of activities that can still create a enjoyment and and give your mind a break without having to push yourself to the limit every single time for example a lot of people that are going for runs they might not be pushing as hard as possible to to always be improving but they're still they're getting their body involved in it they might not be running at a a world-class pace but because their body's involved and they can kind of let their mind relax a little bit but there's always that element with with any sort of physical activity where your mind still has to be somewhat involved in it so that you're not um you know running with a, a poor gait or you're not tripping over rocks for example if you're running through through the woods or doing like a trail run um and so this ties a lot into the joy of movement and so any type of activity that forces the body through movement is a clear example of where flow can really become present um and it ties into both sort of the meditative state 
and and losing that self-consciousness while doing an activity that you become good at over time. Um, so then after the author goes through like the different physical aspects of flow, he then turns to flow through the senses and talks about the different ways that we can achieve flow without necessarily having to be in a physical practice. So one of the most clear examples is um, that listening intently to music is is akin to a flow state and really helps to reach flow for people who are more, you know, musically inclined or interested in less strenuous activities. There's lots of different ways that you can still get that enjoyment out of life. Um, that is the peak flow state. So listening intently to music, there's also a lot of music playing really creates, gets to this level of flow. And jazz is the example that he talks about in the book um, because an experienced jazz musician is no longer following the script. They're just, they're working off of their instincts and that, um, that boundary between the challenge level of what they're playing and their skill level can really create something very unique um, and flow producing. And then also cooking and tasting. So a lot of people will talk about how they use their meditation time in the kitchen when they're cooking. And that's sort of like a relaxing experience to them. They can uh, reach a more of a, a deeper relaxation and flow just by cooking. It's uh, it's very easy with a routine task like that that's not overly difficult, but that you can kind of put your skill into um, by making new recipes or even going just from instinct alone and creating something new and then tasting the results. So many people that maybe aren't as inclined to cook meals themselves can also get a flow state out of um, tasting and the enjoyment of just using their senses to the full level and really being present in the moment. Um, so there's both the mental challenges as well as the physical that can create this, uh, this flow state because if you're putting your focus into it, just like with meditation, it just gets you into this state of um, lack of self-consciousness and you're able to really be present in the moment. So then the next section of the book is about um, work as flow and what um, Csikszentmihalyi refers to as autotelic workers. And so the interesting thing here is that jobs are actually easier to enjoy than free time because it gets into that, that paradox of our culture with free time not being used effectively for truly enjoyable and meaningful experiences. Whereas um, work is able to put you to this, this level of challenge that if you can find meaning in whatever you're doing for work can really be flow producing. And so the author says, the more a job resembles a game, with challenges, clear goals, and feedback. 
the more enjoyable it can be. And so a lot of us can really find that in whatever work we do. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, a, a, a task that looks just like a game, but we can sort of find these different ways to, um, to have goals, either our supervisor or manager, setting goals for ourselves and um, receiving feedback are parts of the, the equation that really can create more meaning and flow in your work and kind of pushing yourself to be a little bit better each and every day. Another part of this whole paradox of work, as he calls it, is that flow experience results from the use of skills leading to growth and passive enter entertainment leads nowhere. And this goes into um, one of the best quotes that I've found in the book that I think really um, summarizes the whole purpose of flow and finding meaning in what you do and um, why we have this paradox of our culture in not getting as much meaning out of our leisure time. And so the author says, instead of using our physical and mental resources to experience flow, most of us spend many hours each week watching celebrated athletes playing in enormous stadiums. Instead of making music, we listen to platinum records cut by millionaire musicians. Instead of making art, we go to admire paintings that brought in the highest bids at the latest auction. We do not run risks acting on our beliefs, but occupy hours each day walking, watching actors who pretend to have adventures engaged in mock meaningful action. And so I think this really summarizes the book nicely on what flow is and what flow isn't. So then Csikszentmihalyi goes into talking about why this is such an issue. So the issue with this is that we're seeing a lot more mental health and, and just stress and anxiety in the world because our leisure time, which is meant to be the recovery and the rejuvenating aspects of our lives, even if we don't get that much pleasure out of work, we should be able to find the time and pleasure in whatever we do in addition to work each and every week. And we're not seeing that as much because we're wasting, essentially wasting our time on leisure activities that do not produce any flow or meaning in our lives and don't lead to any growth. And once again, because um, the essential meaning in life is to continually grow. And so the next section of the book, which kind of is the final section, ties into different ways that we can look more at how we can help our families grow um, as well as ourselves and, and kind of cut through this issue that is plaguing our society in coping with stress and, and just finding more meaning in, in our lives. So one of the things that Csikszentmihalyi then talks about in this issue of, of stress and anxiety and depression and all these mental health issues that we are facing is that we're not, or a lot of people are not um, learning how to take care of themselves properly and cope with stress. And he says, of all the virtues we can learn, no trait is more useful more essential for survival 
and more likely to improve the quality of life than the ability to transform adversity into an enjoyable challenge. And um, a lot of people are talking about this today because they're looking for different ways on how to address mental health issues and how to address um, just sort of this, this overall issue with not being able to cope with so many different things going on. And Chick Sent Me High in particular says, adolescents who never learn to control their consciousness grow up to be adults without a discipline. They lack the complex skills that will help them to survive in a competitive, information-intensive environment. And I think this also ties into what Jordan Peterson talks about when he says, don't bother children when they're playing. And so in 12 Rules for Life, that's the final chapter in the book. And he really gets into the idea that you, um, you've got to let people learn how to cope with stresses. And we can't be sheltered all the time because there is stress in the world. There is, uh, there is the chaos that we all have to face. And the only way that we're able to really cope with that is to um, is to learn to f- embrace that adversity, and um, and figure out ways to grow from it, and not just uh, collapse and feel like like victims to it all. And so that's the that's the final section on the different. Um, issues that we're facing in the world and how flow can in some ways help to address it and lead towards more growth in our lives and into the lives of others. And then, so the final section of the book is called The Autotelic Self and it ties back into not just the autotelic workers, but also just the elements of flow once again because the rules are derived directly from the flow model. And so what Csikszentmihalyi says are the, are the essential components of creating an autotelic self, somebody who is seeking enjoyment in the task itself and not just pursuing goals, because sometimes you know the goals don't always show up, but we can get enjoyment in those, those instant moments and on the day-to-day basis if we're not just overwhelmed by the idea that there has to be an endpoint. And so the first rule is to set goals. You can't really seek meaning and improvement if you don't have goals that you're pursuing. Um, but this, then the second component is to become immersed in the activity so that you're not just focused on that endpoint, but that you are able to become fully present in the moment and enjoy the activity itself. And the third thing is to pay attention to what is happening. So this not only ties into flow and getting enjoyment out of the moment, but um, just being mindful and, and appreciating every moment that you are able to pursue whatever you're interested in. And then the final thing, once again, uh, ties into that is to learn to enjoy the immediate experience. And so all of these things are the four rules of what Csikszentmihalyi refers to as the autotelic self. And so he summarizes that section by saying that goals must not be taken too seriously. 
we've got to be deliberate about what we're practicing, but we don't have to obsess so much over the endpoint that we stop enjoying the journey along the way. So that's the essence of the book flow, and that's the idea behind what the flow state is. And it's an it's a really good book, especially the different sections um, that you can get into if you're interested in something particularly uh, and not necessarily just about flow. Um, I usually compare flow with athletic endeavors because it's just, once again, it's so easy to talk about those things, but it doesn't always have to be about an athletic endeavor. There's so many different ways to produce flow and I think that this book really points out the value of the different flow-producing activities in our lives. But really, I think the, the, main, the main point of the book, and the most important point, is that we've got to be more deliberate with what we do and not just um, always go after the, the easy um, instant gratification in our lives. So think about what you can do more deliberately in your life and and think about those leisure activities that you take part in and which hobbies or which interests you can pursue to a greater goal and not just routinely go through the the motions with every day as as the author really looked into and and talked about don't always just instantly reach for the tv remote at the end of the day or if you work late don't just binge Netflix before you go to work um, in the mornings. You've got to always be chasing after some sort of goal. And and then also remember that you don't have to have some sort of strict goal to be the ultimate decider on whether you're doing something well or not. But just make just continue to make progress in whatever you're doing and um and then start to find enjoyment in each moment that you're doing it. And so that's it for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the the podcast. And um, let me know what you want to hear more about. And we'll be we'll be back again soon to talk more. Thank you.